G'day, everybody. Welcome to it. It's another edition of the Legends of League podcast. Thanks to all the support. Thanks so much for everybody who's stopping me in the street, stopping me at footy games, saying they love the podcast. We really appreciate your support at the moment. Please tell everybody about it. Now, as usual, we come to sunny downtown Manly and we do it at the beautiful Four Pines Brew Pub, the place to be if you're on the northern beaches. And the Four Pines Pacific Ale is the one we're talking about this week. We absolutely love it. At Four Pines Beer, or check out their website, fourpinesbeer.com.au. Special guests coming up today, of course, we've got Luke Lewis, and then we've got one of the most colourful figures in our game. Is he a shark? Is he a rooster? Is he a raider? Is he an Atherton rooster? Yeah, the great Todd Carney, the kid from Goulburn, joins us today on the Legends of League podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Legends of League podcast. Like I said earlier, we'll get back to the Legends of League tournament as soon as this COVID-19 thing ends because I know how everybody loved it. But right now we're doing a podcast and thanks so much for all the support we are getting right around the state of New South Wales, Queensland, everywhere where they love the NRL. Anthony Maroon is my name. And by the way, joining me today, a couple of uh, great characters who played for a couple of different clubs. But firstly, sitting beside me here, the great Luke Lewis. Hello, Louis. How you going? You been good? I've been good, mate. How I just want to say, Louis is one of these blokes. You know, people say, oh, old mate's punching above his weight. But you are fit with your wife, Sonia. You are punching so far <laughs> above your weight. I think Toddy would disagree with that. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, it's all right, mate. She's yeah. a good, she's a good woman. She looks after me. So yeah. happy days. You look a I little think bit. She's lucky. You look yeah. a little bit sons of anarchy now with that. That it's growing quite yeah, a length. It's gone from a um, a COVID to a bet right. to yeah, like a bit of a, a theme at the end of the year that we're going to do. So yeah. I got to leave it, and I, I I hate losing anything. You'll probably gather that, but I hate yeah. losing anything if it comes to a bet. There's not much money involved. There's only hundred bucks, mm. but. Um, I've got to win. So I'm not touching it until my mate shaves his. So you, hang on. You're going to grow this for a – are all the blokes <laughs> – are all the back rowers from Cronulla tight with money, are they? Or I'll be honest with you, it's not even about the money. I think right. it's, it's just bragging rights, yeah. knowing that I can beat him. I think it is about the money. Look, uh, <laughs> and joining us via Zoom on the beautiful Gold Coast, uh, rugby league – a real rugby league colourful character, a real colourful identity. A bloke that played for a, a couple of clubs, had a stint over in the UK. Most notably, he played for the Atherton Roosters. It's great to catch up with you, Todd Carney. Hey, guys. How you going? Mate, fantastic. Good to speak to you again. What? Let, let me start with that because we all sort of know what you did in and around the NRL game. But what when you got to, the, to Atherton, what did you do? You moved upstairs at the pub and you started picking up glasses. <laughs> no, I was straight in the bar. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's what happened. I packed my bags and I uh, went Aston and moved in to the pub and um, yeah, I had my own room upstairs on suite and pretty much took over the pub. Started not running it, but um, yeah, I had my 10 to 5 shift every day because then we trained overnight. Um, yeah, it was just something that um, I sort of had to do and something that when I look back now, it probably um, it's something that I enjoyed doing and um, yeah, it sort of made me grow as a person and um, it just gave me a different outlook on, on life, I guess, at that, at that point in my career and it's something that I enjoyed and, um, yeah, it's – and I, I've got a real close relationship with, obviously, Mick and Marie and, and their family now, so it's um, I've gained friends for life pretty much. Mm. So you two guys obviously played State of Origin together but you also played together for a couple of seasons with the Sharks. 
Let's let's talk about that. I mean, you, you weren't there, Toddy, when the Sharks won the Premiership, but certainly that was a very competitive side you had in those days. Yeah, we had a great side, and uh, it goes back before, actually. I, I've always wanted the chance to play with Toddy. Uh, I remember Matty Elliott was at Penrith at the time, and he came come up to me, and he's, I was captain at the time as well, and he said, I'm thinking about getting Todd Carney over. Oh, mate, I was that excited. I mm-hmm. thought he was going to be the best thing that ever happened to Penrith, but he ended up staying at the Roosters, had an absolute blind. I think you got Dally M that year, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I missed that, out coming to, coming to spend time with Groove. And then obviously, yeah, at Cronulla and obviously Gal and obviously you, yourself there was a big part of me going to Cronulla. And we had a, we had a good time together there. Obviously, we're, we're coffee buddies, lunch buddies and, and stuff like that. And yeah, we, I thought we had a really good squad there and we done really well at my time there. Oh, mate, oh, and one thing I loved about Toddy is it was just a character. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you could get there, you get to training and you could be serious, but – He'd always sort of, you know, keep it pretty calm, mm. pretty cool, pretty collected, and uh, made it always have, have a laugh. And uh, you know, you hear stories on the on the weekend when they're out with the boys, and yeah. he'd always have a good laugh and some videos, which mm. would be, you know, all good fun. So, mate, it was awesome. I, I, I had I had probably I had probably one of the best times when Toddy was at the club. And mate, you can t- he's one of those blokes that's just a a mate's mate because I know he's really tight with Wado, and uh, Wado loves him, and I know Toddy loves Wado like a that little manhood there and yeah. uh, some of the stories they used to tell me you have me sitting on, on a lounge for freaking hours in laughter so it was great great fun but let's let's dig in deep let's dig in deep let's go let me go journalist here let's go into some of these videos Todd you have obviously got a colourful past in the game um, the obvious ones we all know about but like what sort of thing like you just are you one of these can I ask you straight out are you one of these blokes where the first drink does the damage. You shouldn't have the first one. Oh, I don't know about the first, maybe the tenth. <laughs> uh. No, I just get – to be fair, like, obviously, yeah, I'm not proud of some of the things I've done, but, like, later in my career, obviously, it's obviously well documented about the bubble and stuff. That was just – that was just something stupid that, uh, I guess, got, got in the wrong hands and, like, I'm not proud of it, but I can laugh about it now and – um, but yeah, it's not like like you said. It could be the first. It could be the tenth. It's just it's more when I get excited. <laughs> you can, you can <laughs> I say that? The first I am like I get excited about getting around the boys. It, it, like I'd never drink on my own or anything. I've never had that issue. It's more just when I get sort of a bit carried away and excited and, and try and be a bit of a goose. And I guess that's the way I played too. Was played on played on instinct and 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 what, what was in front of me. And I guess that's the way I sort of. Sort of got in trouble when I was on the uh, on the drink too. Was just getting getting carried away and excited and doing what's in front of me. I was going to say because it's all it's all in good fun. It was all harmless. Everything mm. that we uh, we we saw as, as friends and that it was all harmless stuff. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was uh, it was about bringing the boys together. And this this is what Toddy done the best. He br- he bring the boys together really really well. And again, he was talking about coffee dates. Now yeah. I'm a big believer if you if you're playing a good quality football side, it's not what you do on the training park. It's what you do away from the training park and. Toddy was one of those guys who used to drive it. You know, come on, let's go. We're going for a feed, or let's go get a coffee, or yeah, you know, I have a bit of fun, and, and it, it was it was dead set all harmless fun. So it was, uh, I used to love it anyway. So thanks for keeping me in, uh, enjoyed, happy. <laughs> now, what, what's he? What he's saying, Louis, is that he said that he he just did what was in front of him. So he was an eyes up footballer and an eyes up drinker. What it was in front, he just played to the whistle. Hundred percent, and that's what we actually got told even by the coach. Just be just be ready for the unexpected with Toddy yeah. out in the mm. footy field. And he used to draw the training park. So. 
you know, he'd be on the right edge or he'd be on the left edge. You'd skip across field. But if you were on the opposite side of the field to him, you had to be ready to, to react mm. to what he was doing. So uh, that's what I loved about when he was playing at the Roosters, um, the football that he played there, especially at fullback. You didn't know what was going to happen, but you're always on on edge waiting for something special to happen. Yeah, and, um, yeah that was exactly the same way uh, he was off the field, on the field. And that's one thing I love about him is that what you see is what you get, you know. Yeah. So, mate, it, it's been a pleasure. Todd, you know what's funny? I – I don't want to go too deep into the bubbler thing, but, you know, uh, we had an issue in rugby league recently where a manly player uh, called a referee a term, which I find a thousand times more offensive than what you did with the bubbler. And, and like, so much worse has happened, don't you think? Oh, yeah, I guess I, I guess I can answer that question now and, and just sort of, like, be honest about it. Yes, a lot happened... Uh, as it happened a lot worse than obviously what probably happened with me. But um, I, I do look back now and sort of say to myself that I did get some chances along the way. Um, and I guess probably for me that because I was quite talented and, and got that opportunity to go to different clubs um, was now my chances, obviously, leaving Canberra, going to the Roosters and from going to the Roosters to Cronulla and then going from obviously Cronulla to overseas. So I was quite fortunate. And then people look at it that they were chances where um, I guess my time out of the game in 2008 was obviously should have been a kick in the guts to me and I sort of didn't respond to that. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess it does it does annoy me a little bit, but I'm not going to cry about it because I did get my chances along the way and, and I'm sure players get their own chances. But I do – it is frowned upon some things that happen, but at the end of the day, like – I think with the manly thing, I think it's, it's the heat of the battle and I, I, I say leave it. Okay. Well, moving away from that, guys, now I deal with a lot of like uh, legends of league like yourselves. Some of them have, have, have succeeded financially away from the game. Some of them have been smart with the money. Some of them have got the arse out of their pants. Where are you, Todd? Are you uh, did Were you smart with the money? Yeah, I was quite smart with my money. I guess that's one thing that uh, shocks a lot of people with um, with throughout my career. Um, I finished the end in 2008 with um, four units in Sydney, um, a house in Bali and um, a tattoo shop in Bali. Um, and then obviously now I've, I've got a concrete company, uh, do my own, own coaching and stuff and um, – what I finished with when I was playing, I've moved on to my um, smaller apartments and, and I've kept one in Coogee and one in Bondi, uh, which I'll, I'll keep forever and until I'm sort of ready to, to, to buy my sort of home home here on the coast. And um, I've got a lovely partner now and a daughter and stuff and we're sort of planning our future mm. to, to stay here on the coast. So, um, yeah, I've been quite lucky and I don't go without, that's for sure. Um I'm still good with my money. I've still got my uh, accountant, Trent Tavoletti, um, slash one of my really good mates that um, guides me through all that stuff. And uh, um, yeah, obviously, I, I did. It did waste a lot, um, but the, the wasted money was what I lost in contracts. Not really. Yeah. The, yeah. Obviously, I spent money on the pierce and going on holidays and and stuff like that. But at, at the end of my career, that was probably one of the reasons why I was quite content when I. Um, Left, didn't want to go back overseas. I still had two more years and offered to go back for two more years. And a lot of people said, well, why wouldn't you go back and earn that money and instead of coming back to Byron and getting a lot less? Well, I just was content with I was ready to come home and start a new journey. And I knew that I had 
some stability with with my finances and stuff. And um, my manager and accountant assured me that 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 I was I was stable to have sort of twelve months, eighteen months to sort of realise what I wanted to do. And it took me didn't take me too long to realise what I wanted to do. Obviously, my coaching thing. Um, keeps me above board and then, then now the concrete and stuff it's people get quite shocked when they so can't believe you're concrete and stuff but it's something that I like doing I like being outdoors and we're a good bunch of blokes and um, it takes me back like you work in a group of blokes and um, they enjoy a beer after work so it's sort of not takes you back to football days but it, it's that sort of environment uh, which which I enjoy and so, the sort of the mateship. Louis, he touches on a couple of things there that I wanted to talk about with you. The people who are around him as a footballer, the accountants, the managers, you know, the agents. He, uh, uh, Toddy's saying he, he gets good advice. Uh, we've got reason to question whether players – and coaches are getting good advice from agents in the in the last few days. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a great question, especially with what's been happening in the papers with all the managers. But um, look, I, I remember when I was a kid, they come in, they tell you just before you're about to sign your contract, and, and uh, Toddy could probably vouch for this as well, is that they promise you the world, but sometimes they don't deliver. And when I say they promise you the world, they'll come in and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to set you up financially. We're going to make sure you've got property. You've got to make sure you're going to be in the business. And when you finish rugby league, you're going to have everything. You won't need to do anything after after rugby league. But what happens is you sign your deal and then they usually sort of talk to you, get you a pair of boots or a pair of shoes and they talk to you once a month or mm. once every six mm. months, sorry, or once a year. And when your, your deal is ready to get done, they uh, say, oh, oh yeah, mate, yeah. Your, your contract's up. Let's go get it done. So... Yeah, look, um, there's a massive hole in the market and, yeah, look, I do believe that there's managers out there's probably got the monopoly on, on players and I don't know what they do with that and how they're, how they're using it. But I know that if you've got – personally, if you've got too many players on, on the books, you can't look after a player the way that you promised to look after him. Mm. So uh, Toddy's been very fortunate. He's got some good people behind him who set him up um, for after football and, like you said, he's got his properties and his business and he's got his tattoo shop and all the other sort of stuff that's going on there, which is awesome. But – you, not every player in, in the competition today, there's, there's players out there that I know now that are on, you know, million, multi-million dollar contracts that still haven't bought a property. Yeah. You know, there's guys out there that are earning crazy money and all they're doing is spending money on cars. Mm. Um, and again, the manager's letting all this happen because they're saying, yeah, you can afford it, you can do it, but they're not actually setting you up the way you're supposed to be set up. So, yeah, look, it is disappointing to see, but I know there's really good people out there at the moment that are trying to change this. You know, there's other guys that are trying to come into management to make sure that they can look after players the way that they were supposed to get looked after. And uh, that's all about to change too. And I think Peter Volandis has had a massive uh, – well, he's got a massive opportunity too to, mm. to do what he's done with the NRL, but to change the management system but, as well. But are they trying to change it, boys? Because, I look, every few years someone comes up with this bullshit that they're going to become a player manager and they're going to do the right thing by the player, you know, like in re- relation to – how they should invest their money, their super, doing courses to be ready for life past football. What do you think a player manager needs to be doing? Well, first of all, he has to be, I think, someone that's there for him all the time, 24 hours, seven days a week. If you he, if he need someone to talk to about anything, he needs to be there for him. At the same time, you can't be ringing him every couple of months. You need to be able to talk to him at least mm-hmm. once or twice a week. Mate, rugby league's one of those things, and Again, Toddy will vouch for you. It's up and down. Um, you know, you have some really good weeks or you have some really good years, have some years where you're just down in the dumps and things aren't going for you. That's when you need people to lean on and people that have been around the traps. Again, you, d- you do need them to point you in the right direction and, and make sure that you're, you're talking to the right people uh, as long as they're comfortable with them, but talking to the right people to make sure that you're not wasting your money, you are setting it up and you are thinking about the future because 
rugby league is only it could be a three year thing, it could be a ten year thing. If you're lucky, it could be a fifteen year thing. Mm. But uh, if you don't set yourself up early and you don't have someone who's in, you know, backing you every, every step you do, you ain't going to move forward. So I, I believe that you've got to be able to have access to them twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. They're basically like your dad. Yeah, but Todd, I, I think if I'm a manager of a rugby league player, if I'm a rugby league agent, and I've got a player. If I'm genuinely concerned about his life, not his, just his financial life, if I'm genuinely concerned about what he wants to achieve in life, if he's playing for the Roosters just to pluck a club out, say the, a, a very successful club, the Roosters, he's playing for yeah. the Roosters and he's getting nine hundred, he's getting 750 grand a year to play for the Roosters, mm. or he gets an offer to go to a, a, a lowly club, say a club coming 15th or 16th, and that offers 900 grand, I'm saying to the kid, stay at the Roosters for less money and you're part of a dynasty. They've already won two premierships in a row. You're going to be part of a premiership. You're going to play Origin. You're going to have... This is what it's all about, making the money and having the memories, not just going for the for the most money and risking everything, surely. Yeah, definitely. I, I guess managers do obviously touch base with the player and, and then speak about it, but it comes down – it always comes down to the player. Um, through my career, obviously, I sort of only left clubs because obviously for myself doing the wrong thing. But when <laughs> contract time was up, always obviously you give the opportunity to the club that you're at and – you always want to stay around there, and uh, that's the way I see it. Um, for me, with managers and stuff, I was lucky because I got Dave when I was Dave Rallo when I was fifteen. So it was sort of at first it was just him trying to find me. Obviously, like Louis said, boots and stuff like that. But when you're with someone so long, and um, you, you build a relationship with someone, and and obviously through like the downs, the lows in my career, me and Dave become really close because we sort of had to bunker down together and put our backs against the walls and stuff. So you sort of, you get qualities from people and obviously Dave's a really close mate of mine and obviously I'm friends with his family and his his daughters and sons and stuff. So it's sort of, it's a different scaling. I think it's more the, it's they're starting obviously weed out the managers that sort of are in for the wrong reason. But and until it's not going to go away because that's that's the sport. Yeah, it gets pushed through different avenues, and clubs try and push players to go there with entice them to go different ways with, with a car or back in the day with Melbourne with the boats and stuff like that. Mm. So it's always going to be a little bit a little bit dodgy. It's just about um, how the managers do it. I don't think that they have to baby their players, um, but as far as Louis said, that they need to be there when when the player is, is down and out or if they do need help, they've got to be able to answer the phone straight away. Mm. Boys, back to the footy field, uh, and, and obviously the pinnacle in the modern game is to play origin. Uh, you've both experienced that. I take you back to 2012 and the game where Cooper Cronk kicked the field goal and that must have you remember that game, Louis? That must have broke your heart. Yeah, it was. I think it was a, an opportunity for for us um, to, to, to get the series back. Get the series mm. back. Um, Twenty twelve. Maybe change the 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 way that the Origin had fallen over the last couple of years, but um, not to be. Obviously, had a, a class uh, player there in Cooper Cronk who nailed the field goal in the seventy fifth seventy fifth minute. I think yeah, it was from memory. Yeah. But um, yeah, look at. It gutted me because all I ever wanted to do as a kid was play for New South Wales and, and win series for New South Wales, hold that trophy up. And again, I got that experience at a very, very young age in 2004, I think it was, was my first one with Gus as um, the coach. And then I never got that experience again until way 
up the road in 2014. But we were so close in 2012. We had a great side. We had a lot of really close mates in there. And, um, yeah, we just let it slip from our grass. So, yeah, look, disappointing. But at the same time, I learned a lot from it. You know, it's that origin's never dead, dead, mm. never over. It doesn't matter if you're in front by 10 points. Um, you know, you, you just got to keep playing and keep digging deep. So, you know, we obviously just sort of took our foot off the pedal just for a little bit and they worked their way back in there and, and took it from us. Do you remember, Toddy, your, you specifically remember about that game? What are, you, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Uh, as Louis said, it's, 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 it was sort of the script was written for him because that was my first camp and it was just all, all a new world to me. And you get Tommy Redonis come and speak to you and get all these, like Gus come in and spoke. And it was always spoken about that Queensland will always fight to the death. And, and that's what happened. Um, we thought we were going to get close and we did get close. And I guess it got taken away from under us. Obviously, as Louis said, with Cooper Cronk Field going a class player. But yeah, from the whole the whole memories of it, it was it was something that I dreamt of, of doing, and I was lucky enough to do it. And I think the memory moment you were speaking about was the kick from the sideline. That I still get goosebumps when I talk about mm. it. I, I sneak it on the um, YouTube every now and then, <laughs> <laughs> try and stir me misses up or get some brownie points. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's the pinnacle of the sport, and uh, I was quite like we're both lucky enough to. Do it, Louis. Done a few more times than me, but um, just to go out there that first occasion would have been enough for me. Mm. How in in Origin, Louis? I'd always I always feel for like your first time. The first you played seventeen of them, but the first game you ever played, you run out there. What would it be like for a player if you in the first minute you made a diabolical error? How hard is it to get your brain back on track? Yeah, well, I think the best person to ask that to is probably James Maloney. We used to call him Dory because every time he made a mistake, he just sort of forgot about it. But, mm. um, yeah, look, I think you, you sort of learn. You've been in those situations <laughs> a long time and, um, you know, you get out there and if you let it affect you, you sort of know when you're at origin, if you let it affect you, it's going to affect you your whole game. But your very first game is weird. I'll never forget, you know, running out uh, 2003 playing. And I remember we scored a try, but actually walked back up the field and, there was a picture that I can't get out of my head and you look down the footy field and you've got our side ready to receive the ball, the kickoff, um, and you've got Queensland stand there in a group behind the try line. And you go, that's when you realise you're living your dream because I look up the field and that is the picture that I yeah, always wanted yeah, as a kid. Yeah. So uh, that there for me, that, that's the standout. Uh, never in the wildest dreams was I was ever going to let anything affect it. So I think when you get that opportunity, you know it's your first time, you don't think about – the mistakes you think about the opportunities yeah, and I right. think um, it sort of all just disappears and you, you seem to have a you probably you probably play your best game of footy yeah. which is really weird that's amazing isn't it I, I'm not surprised Toddy that you got a little bit of a wild man in you because I spent a little bit of my early days on radio in Goulburn doing the, bre- the award-winning breakfast show at 2GN and I used to drink at the Astor but occasionally I'd sneak up to the Carlton where my mate Kenny Stewart had the pub. He's a former South player and your old man would be in there and he's a bit of a wild man himself and that's putting it mildly <laughs> isn't it yeah, it is putting a wild mildly as wild comes straight to the top of my tongue. Then, but yeah, yeah, he's got a bit of a bit of a name and reputation. Like I said uh, pre-show, that I didn't take none of his traits because I can't fight. But, um, <laughs> apparently, he could fight like the whips were cracking, so I definitely didn't um, <laughs> didn't get those traits. But yeah, he was a bit of a character and um, well known around Goulburn. Yeah, good stuff. You still got in the boxing ring, though, Toddy. That's still a fair yeah, effort. I put in the boxing ring, but he would have rolled around his grave <laughs> if he'd seen what I displayed in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, well, I've been doing some boxing training with Scotty Geddes, and he told me if I ever get in a blue, just make sure the bloke stands there and puts his hands up and everything should be fine, and I can just punch yeah. him in the hands. Let's have a look at your uh, best 17. This is a thing we do on uh, the Legends of League podcast. We ask our legends to put together their best 17 players of the last 40 years, and I've had a little bit of a look at both of yours, um, and just – Pretty much here just looking for the things that stand out more than anything else. So let's have a look here. You both got Cameron Smith as your number nine. Let me start with you, Louis. Yeah, well, i got Smithy. Obviously, he's, he's probably the best hooker that's ever played the game. Uh, just cool, calm, collected. He's played a lot of big games. Always comes up with huge plays. Never seems to be too flustered. He's a great leader amongst men. So um, it's hard to go past. He's going to be an immortal for sure. Uh, it's just a matter of time. So... Oh, it's too hard to go past him. I think he's just he's just class. Toddy, your side, uh, uh, Billy Slater, Greg Inglis, Mark Gaznia, Jared Hayne, Izzy Falau. Now, I'm going to stop here at the halves because obviously this is your area of expertise. You've gone Jonathan Thurston and Andrew Johns. Yeah, I guess well, Joey's, Joey's the goat and um, someone that, uh, that – makes me love rugby league so much. I was lucky enough to play against Joey, but as a kid growing up um, in the backyard, it, I think every kid that wants to play half or 5'8 um, wants to be Andrew Johns, and, and I was no different. And, um, yeah, I, I had him to, had to put him there, and obviously um, – and then obviously JT, uh, another player that is – was way a class above everyone um, and probably still could be uh, if he was playing today um, and someone that I, that I looked up to and was lucky enough to play against. And, um, yeah, so I think them two names sort of get put straight in there. And most players' teams, I guess, in players that, play, that got to play against them, obviously you always get criticised saying, why would you put someone like Lockyer and stuff in there? But, um, yeah, I just always think when I think of – Someone naming your best 17, always the first two players come to my head is um, Andrew Johns and Jonathan Thurston because they were the position I played and, and then players that I looked up to. So then you've got Freddie Fitlow, Bradley Clyde, Boyd Corner. That's a hell of a back row. You've got um, uh, Sivan Seaver and Webkey up front. But, Louis, let me look at his bench here. He's got Darren Lockyer, Sam Burgess. He's, I th- he's got Willie Mason and your old teammate Paul Gallen. Talk us through that. What, what do you what? want to say? That's he's got a he's got a great side. Yeah, it's hard to fault anyone in that on that list. But um, it, it's a it's a great uh, bench. Uh, I, I love Darren Lockyer. I think he could put him anywhere from one to seventeen. Uh, Willie Mason. I think that's so, the first Willie Mason mention we've had, yeah, by the way. I, well, I had the opportunity to play against uh, Willie, and he, he was unbelievable when he was playing his best football. Unbelievable. It was good fun to have around in camp as well. So you need those kind of guys. Um, Sam Burgess. Well, you know. His form talks for itself. And Paul Gallen's played a ridiculous amount of Australian games. He's played so many Origin games. He captained New South Wales, captained Cronulla to a to its first ever premiership. Um, mate, how do you leave him out? You know, so it's a great side from to one to seventeen. So I'm looking at it and I'm sitting there going, "Wow, look at trying to compare it," but mm. there's not too much difference really. Well, you've got Billy Slater at fullback, as has Toddy. You've got Greg Inglis as one of your centres. So has he. You've both got Jared Hayne. You've both got Joey Johns at halfback. Now, in your forward pack, you've got the same front row. Your bench is interesting here, Louis. You've got Jonathan Thurston, uh, Darren Lockyer, and and the meter eater, Jason Taumalolo. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I couldn't leave JT out of the side, but my two favourite all-time halves was Brad Fittler and Andrew Johns. Right. Uh, my favourite player that I used to love watching as a kid was Bradley Clyde. And my favourite position uh, was always Locke, but I ended up playing in the back row or start on the wing and sort of moved my way up. But Locke was my favourite position. I, I love everything about Brad Clyde. Uh, so that's why I've sort of had those three there. And then Jonathan Thurston, well, again, you can't leave me out. He's just a superstar. Uh, but I was thinking... I'm going to pick the two guys I love the most because I used to love watching them play as a kid and then trade JT now who had the opportunity to play who is probably another um, immortal 100%. But Jason Talmalolo for me, he hasn't been around a whole lot of time but he is uh, probably the best forward I've ever seen. He's got footwork. Mm. He's got – his engine's unbelievable. He eats up over 300 metres and every time – you can tell the difference is when he's on the field. Um, North Queensland can't play without him so – uh, I, I couldn't leave him out either. And then I got me my favourite player of all time that I used to love playing with, who got the best out of me, was Mick Ennis. So right. he um, rejuvenated me when he came to the Sharks because I sort of felt like I was plateauing. I didn't really know what my game was or where I wanted to go with it. He brought it back and I loved the game again. Uh, it got me really involved by just playing some little ruck plays and uh, that's why he's in there, so he's my favourite all the time. And then there's another guy there who got me 18th man, which I, I cheated there, but Marcel Nasser, absolute legend of a bloke. Um, he played for Lebanon, actually. Right. And um, Is he your boyfriend or something? No, nah, no, but he's, he's a little bit of a – yeah, a little bit um, – a little bit of a rat bag, but... Right. Uh, when, when did he play for Lebanon? Because my cousin, Darren... Darren Maroon played for... He's my cousin. He coached Lebanon too. Yeah, right. So yeah. he played in the 1998. Right. Uh, played for Lebanon. His footwork was unbelievable. Right, he sat okay. on the bench for the for Canterbury Bulldogs about 400 times and never got his chance, but um, well, he's a bloke with that, that much talent, but just never got to play. All so, right. yeah, I, I had to put him in there. Marcel, if you're listening, we're going to get a Lebanon jumper. We're going to get you to sign it, and we're going to... Do something with it. Anyway, Toddy, <laughs> mate, it's been so good catching up with you. Well, we'll get up to the Goldie to do a couple of uh, sportsman's lunches or whatnot. We'll look you up. Yeah, for sure. Let us know. Um, we're going to organise one in Byron um, at the Red Devils again uh, early next year. So um, let us know and get on up. Good on you, mate. Great to see you travelling well. Yeah, you too. There he is, Toddy. Good to see you, Groover. See you, Groove. Good to see you, brother. I'll hit you up when I'm in Cronulla next. I'll come for a coffee at the Palace. <laughs> oh, mate, I'll see you soon. <laughs> and, of course, see you, you can you, see you, mate. You can catch Lukey Lewis yeah. on the ABC footy call, but don't do that because that's the opposition of ours. Always great to catch up with you, old mate. Yeah, I appreciate it, and thanks for having me. Yeah, okay. Legends of League, as usual, is thanks to our mates at Four Pines. Tell everybody about it, and we'll see you again real soon on the Legends of League podcast. Well, that's it for another week of the Legends of League podcast. Thanks to our mates at the Four Pines Brewing Company. If you're on the northern beaches, even if you're not, it's worth a trip to come in here and try the beautiful, beautiful ales, the Four Pines Pacific Ale. Get yourself into a a big mother like that one, if you like, if you really like your beer. But it's the name everybody's talking about, Four Pines. Give them a follow on social media using the handle at Four Pines Beer or check out their website for the number fourpinesbeer.com.au. Now, I'm pleased to announce that all these great guests we've had so far, Luke Lewis, Wendell Saylor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, this podcast is becoming so popular, people are asking me when they can come on. So we'll sort a few more out and we'll get them back to you next week. But please make sure you hit subscribe so that you are first to know once a new episode is released. And you can find us on social media too at Legends of League AUS to catch all our exclusive content and uh, announcements as well. So tell all your friends about it and we'll see you next time on the Legends of League podcast.